You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Kenobi Report. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsuck, and man, I'm not ready to leave Kenobi land, so very happy to be here. Very Kenobi fever can be a chronic condition if you wish it to be so, and it certainly is for us here on Four Center. Uh, we wanted to do this uh, extra episode of the Kenobi Report. We have, of course, uh, looked at each individual episode, uh, the first two obviously together as they were released together. But we also wanted to take a step back and look at the whole series. And in particular, Ken and I wanted this opportunity to get the perspective of our partner, Jennifer Landa. Hello, Jennifer. 
Hi, thank you for having me. I have Kenobi fever and I don't want it to go down. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. No ice packs for Kenobi fever. Uh, We are going to get right into this right away because we have a limited time to record. And those of you who are regular listeners know that we like to share so many thoughts. Uh, We're going to try to contain ourselves a little bit so we can finish recording in our amount of time that we have today. And so we can make sure to hear Jennifer's thoughts on Kenobi, as well as Ken and I reflecting on the big picture. So Jennifer, I want to start. Uh, when and how did you watch the show? Did you stay up until midnight? Did you get up early? Did you stay off the internet for days at a time until you could watch? What was your Kenobi viewing experience? I uh, almost watched it at midnight. I was watching Stranger Things and and I thought, well, I could continue. I thought, no, I want to be fresh. I want to <laughs> be able to be fully awake. So I waited. I did not check social media. Uh, Wednesday morning, I woke up, took my kids to their camps and their school sat down at my computer and my coffee, and then I just cried the entire episode. (laughs) (laughs) And was that your general rhythm for all of the episodes? Did you wait until Wednesday morning, get everything else taken care of, and then it was uh, Jennifer Kenobi time? Pretty much. I think that the only time where I did stay up at midnight was maybe like episode two, I don't think three, because, you know, I have to watch it kind of uh, at a lower volume because my kids are asleep. (laughs) And so it's just not, it doesn't have the same impact. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I usually watch it Wednesday mornings by myself. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a great picture. It reminds me of, uh, you know, trying to watch things, uh, you know, when I was a teen and started to watch like some uh, violent and naughty movies late at night and trying to keep the volume down. Didn't wake my parents. Right, exactly. Uh, Everything comes full circle when you're a parent, doesn't it? Yes, it does. (laughs) So, Jennifer, what was your overall reaction to all of Kenobi? Were you surprised by the show? Was it what you expected? What even just emotionally affected you the most? Okay, my overall reaction, and I shared this on Twitter, is that I believe this is one of the best TV shows ever. And The Mandalorian is in that group too. But I think a lot of times like Star Wars movies, Star Wars shows get kind of relegated to, oh, that's a Star Wars thing. No, like Mm -hmm. this is right up there. Um, Because for me, this was a story that I was actually least excited about. We've talked about Mm. that over the years. I was like, all right, I make it'll be good. But I I was more interested in other things. Um, And, uh, you know, Ewan McGregor, his performance as Obi-Wan phenomenal phenomenal like how do they take these characters that we've known for 40 plus years and make them not only just as interesting but even more exciting i mean we know where it's going to end up right we know where where this is leading to and yet every week i was like what is going to happen what is this journey going to be how are these characters going to interact or their relationships deepen and that to me was just why every week I look forward to it and why I, I think it's one of the best TV shows. I really love this bold statement of like, this is not comparing, you know, <laughs> is it the best, you know, Kenobi story? Is it better or worse than Mandalorian? You're like, no, uh, good job, Sopranos, The Wire, whatever. This is one of the best television shows ever. <laughs> yeah, it belongs oh. right up there. Absolutely. I, I want to shout out Joseph making modern references. I was going to say Hill Street Blues, maybe <laughs> Frasier. I don't know. Uh, Mod, I would, you know. <laughs> I would like to thank you for uh, thinking uh, 15-year-old shows are modern. That's, that's about what what I can manage for, for modern shows, even though I watch so many. Um, I love what you're saying, Jennifer. I think it is. Uh, I think this show is an absolute tribute to just watching phenomenal performances, certainly Ewan McGregor's, a lot of other characters, uh, but also that the, the, the stakes, the plot, 
the what happens isn't everything the how does it happen and what does it emotionally do to us to go through these journeys with people are, are just as powerful as the how exactly does it end absolutely mm-hmm. so uh, that was a great uh, emotional overview, a great uh, and strong declaration that it is one of the best television shows ever. Let's get into like the big idea. We we talked about all of the different sort of themes as it went along, but now that it's all completed, I, I want to get a, th- a thought from everybody about mm-hmm. what the show is ultimately about. Uh, it might be many things, or or maybe to some of us, there's one particular thing we're concentrating on. Jennifer, for you, when you reflect, what is this show ultimately about? There, there are a lot of different themes, but the one that really resonated with me the most is that it's about trauma. Mm. For all of these characters, quite frankly, even the background characters who have been traumatized by the Empire and protecting the Jedi. Um, and so it's like, how how do all of these characters process their trauma how do they deal with their trauma we see the different forks in the road right obviously Vader has <laughs> dealt with his trauma a specific way and Obi-Wan is still <laughs> wrestling with it over this these six episodes and we see him kind of come out of it um even Tala right mm-hmm. with her trauma and what she's choosing it dictates her choices and her path no pun intended um <laughs> so that that I think is a, a really interesting thing it's also very it feels like a very modern um, theme to be dealing with. Um, and it, it's also is a hopeful one. Certainly by the end, we see the Obi-Wan, the hopeful Obi-Wan glimmers of that, that we know from a new hope. Um, so yeah, trauma. I really go, go ahead, please. Oh no, it makes a wonderful storytelling. You know, it's, it's that deep emotion. That's why, you know, I'm, I'm crying. And so many of us are crying because you see these characters who are so tormented. Yeah, Yeah, I I absolutely love that. I I think, you know, we talked a lot about breaking the cycle of violence, but by framing it as specifically as trauma, that still is about the the cycle of violence. Trauma is often what causes that cycle. But you're so right to to point out that so many of the characters are experiencing trauma and you're seeing them choose how to respond to it. And Vader doubles down, right? And Mm -hmm. at first, Reva doubles down, but then breaks out of it. Uh, But then we have Tala, we have Roken, right? Roken could have just been like, I'm a good guy and I stepped up. But there's that effort to make sure he went through a trauma, he lost somebody and he could double down on vengeance and instead he's helping. And you're right, it's so much about not only trauma, but how do you choose to respond to it? Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, I love I love that use. You know, the fun, lighthearted uh, romp through trauma. Uh, <laughs> but that's the thing is is I think it's important, especially as Star Wars grows on and the audience grows with it. And maybe there's some of these themes that um, you know, if I was seven, I wouldn't be understanding a lot of it. Um, and that's okay because there's a lot of that. I think even in the original trilogy, right? Bigger concepts and uh, Star Wars. Um, despite sometimes, uh, you know, having some uh, EOPs uh, making some sounds, it never really talks down to children to me. That's just my opinion. Maybe someone would disagree. You know what I mean? Well, now you're making me think that the first thing that happened after the beautiful end scene of the best television show ever is that EOP farted while, uh, while Obi-Wan was communing with Qui-Gon. Yeah, I mean, both can. I mean, every, everyone rightfully has been retweeting uh, some of George Carlin's bits from the late 80s into the mid 90s. On that same special, he had one of his most epic fart jokes. It's all rolled together right it's all together um trauma and flatulence yes it's all part of the human experience yeah and and for me uh you know those kind of important standard star wars themes are here because uh they're always going to be here fear versus hope and uh, breaking the cycles of violence is a real uh, clear one just good old redemption right good old-fashioned redemption but i think it does come from what jen's talking about so for me i took 
Um, it's in the same bucket, that trauma bucket, but it's this self-forgiveness, accepting the choices of others in that journey, which is their journey and your journey. And those are sometimes very separate uh, or they need to be, they can be, but they're also very together. Let's be clear. And, and just being able to, the, the three R's, I know there was that great, there's that movie a lot of people are talking about that's like three R's. This is my three R's. Being able to kind of redefine, rediscover, and maybe even reroute your purpose. Mm. And that has to do with choices and changing how you react to all this stuff. Again, none of it's supposed to be easy, but I'm even talking about Kenobi at the end. Uh, I've been thinking about that. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about how that changed some of that, my thoughts on on Kenobi in a good way of just, just adding some further context of, of where he is in his life at this point. So that was kind of the stuff I took from it. Yeah, no, I think this is all great. And I think trauma is, is, is a great way to say the thing that I was, you know, really moved by the breaking the cycle of violence. I, I think there's so much that's about mentors and parents and found fam- family and their responsibility to uh, the literal children in their care, but also kind of children as the idea of the next generation. Uh, but I was also really thinking about what questions felt like they were being raised in the first couple episodes mm-hmm. uh, to think like, how, did, did they answer the questions that they raised? And that made me really think about the sort of specifics of the journey that the characters go through. And I feel like those first chapters raise the questions of what is family? You know, everybody mm-hmm. sort of challenging um, the, the the lousy cousin challenging <laughs> Leia's yeah. authenticity as an Organa. Mm. Um the idea of what does it mean to be a true leader, Leia being dissatisfied with being, you know, a princess who waves, and certainly what does it mean to be a true Jedi? And -hmm. I feel like the show really goes through and kind of answers all those questions, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, What is family is kind of everyone's journey, right? Uh, Kenobi and Reva define the Jedi as their newfound family. You know, uh, Leia seems very satisfied that her adoptive parents are are enough, right? Owen and Brew really validate that Luke is ours you know all these ideas of family vader even choosing palpatine (laughs) you chose a bad family Mm. um but then the what does it mean to be a true leader you know we can talk in more detail about leia's journey but i feel like leia goes out and has this experience and defines for herself here's what i think it means to be a leader and this is the kind of leader i want to be and to me this big picture thing with obi-wan since he's the title character so I really like how much the show raises the question of what does it mean to be a Jedi? And at the beginning, he's kind of defining it as, well, we were warriors. We were in a war and we lost and the battle is over. Mm-hmm. And then he gets challenged by Leia of, are you, are you even a real Jedi? Or are you just kind of cosplaying? He encounters mm-hmm. somebody who on the surface appears to be a fake Jedi, mm-hmm. who's, who is literally cosplaying in a comic way. But then when the rubber hits the road, does what Jedi actually do, which is help others. Mm-hmm. And, all these beats in this journey, but I feel like uh, in in some ways, that's what I'm thinking about a lot is Obi-Wan's journey to redefine for himself what he thinks being a true Jedi is. And I think it's very meaningful that he has that flashback with Anakin before the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. where he is de- defining a Jedi as protecting life, not taking it. And that that is what he is really thinking about as he goes forward, at least in this part of his story. So that really meant a lot to me. No, I think that's a great spine through the whole thing, right? It just kind of carries it all all through and helps kind of answer those questions, especially because this is a series. And yes, we'll talk about sequels and all that good stuff, but like, or the possibility of it. But uh, um, if this is to answer that question of how do we get from three to four, I mean, that's exactly what it needed to do and what we were hoping it would do. And it worked beautifully for me. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. to, he, he comes back to his hope. He comes back to uh, ideas of family, of ideas of what it means to be a Jedi. Good job, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so obviously, we're all big fans of the show. But I do want to talk about the scale of the show in a couple of different ways, because I think it is something that lots of fans uh, wrestled with. Uh, maybe even after you wrestle it with it, you're like, fine, fine with me. But I still think it's worth wrestling with. So uh, the show did feature the reuse of lots of aliens, costumes, puppets, as well as having some new ones. And the effects have been criticized for not being at the same level as movies or in some people's opinions, even the effects of The Mandalorian. So how much did those things impact uh, your enjoyment of the show? Jennifer, I want to start with you. Yeah, I mean, you guys have talked about the the volume and kind of the use of the volume in in this show. And I think in terms of like aliens and costumes reusing those things, I'm totally fine with that. I think it makes it the galaxy very cohesive. Um it makes sense that you would see these same species um in, you know, in different parts of the galaxy and whatnot. The volume I did not have a problem with except for only one time where it did take me out. And that was uh, the scene on Jabim when Reva and her troopers land. Mm-hmm. And it just felt kind of small. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when we watch Star Wars movies, they feel very epic, right? Very grand. Um, and there were times where I was like, oh, I, I kind of would love to see this on the big screen. I'd mm-hmm. love to see Obi-Wan on a Z.O.P., Lawrence of Arabia style going through the (laughs) desert, you know, like that, I think. But so there was really only that one time where the volume, I just was kind of like, "Mm, I can, I can tell that this is like a set, but then whatever, we're getting Obi-Wan Kenobi over six episodes. So, (laughs) you know, I I put it aside. Yeah. Ken, how about you? Well, you're wise to start with Jennifer because I've been in the corner of the bar, uh, you know, complaining about this all, uh, even going back to Mando. Yet at the same time, I end every ramp going, Abby, but I love this stuff. Uh, so I, I always say, and, and someone tweeted, I don't, you know, it's hard to tell. Sometimes tone on, on Twitter is, uh, you know, difficult to pick up. Uh, and they could have been joking. They could have been uh, making fun of me, not shut up about it. I, all of it is acceptable. Uh, but there was just someone like, you guys always talk about this volume. I don't really know what you're talking about. And I actually hope that was true because <laughs> uh, not not a, a, a me saying ignorance is bliss, not at all. Um, that's not the word I would use, but just this like, hey, if you're in it and maybe you're not wrapped up in, in how this meal is is made, you can see it in a way that even, you know, I'm not seeing it at times. It does. And I said, going back to, to Mando and even with Boba Fett, a show that I really loved because I was moved by Boba Fett more than I expected. It has impacted me, but nothing erases the joy. And I mean that. In fact, when they finally, and God, I hope it soon, release a, a Disney gallery making of Kenobi thing, mm-hmm. you're going to hear me on this podcast feed praising every person behind it because mm-hmm. there are some stunning moments of Star Wars beauty in this series. Um Great shots, things that, you know, as much as I'm going, uh, I don't know, that speeder didn't look like it was actually a speeder flying over the ocean. As much as I'm saying that, there's other times I'm like, that is absolutely a rock planet that they're fighting on. I believe it's real. Like, mm-hmm. right. and it's just, you, you choose to, to engage with it. It, it, it is is how you how you want. And it is, it is there, and I do see it. Uh, I see it all the time. And I think they'll continue to move the tech forward, and maybe the budgets on the show will tick up. Um but if it's a matter of keeping or losing Star Wars TV shows or new Star Wars uh, uh, projects, man, I plant me in my seat in the center of the volume all day. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all on similar pages of like, I definitely noticed it uh, once or twice. And, you know, it, I, it took me out of the story only because I was concerned about other people being taken out of the story. Joseph, it happens a lot to me too. Where right? yeah. and I'm like, oh, that doesn't look great. I don't care, but someone's going to. You know, yeah. when, we, when we talk about trying to just like, yeah, tune out the the noise and experience it for yourself first, which is I, what I want to do. I just want to pretend it's pre-internet days. I'm never going to have the opportunity to talk to another human being about this. <laughs> mm. And I'm just experiencing it for myself. And then I get to open up to all the joy of sharing it and 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 sometimes the not joy of, of dealing with, you know, uh, some negative thoughts. Um, so I, I really try to not be in that place because... Of, for me, at the end of the day, yes, I'd r- much rather focus on story, characters, joy, as we've said. Like, you know, I, I grew up loving classic Doctor Who, which had a limited budget. And to mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. sometimes when something strives beyond its budget, that's the Star Wars spirit. That's scrappy. Mm-hmm. That's hope. That's like we only have these these junked up speeders, but maybe we can make something out of it. And I know the counter uh, perspective to that, which I've seen in comments and, and uh, I understand is this is Disney. This is Obi-Wan. This is Darth Vader. Everything should look great and perfect. Mm. And I think, you know, maybe that is a valid concern. I think for myself, uh, I think um, we don't know what's going on at this moment in Disney. uh, You know, the decision, who's making the decision about how much money they're putting into streaming. Um, I kind of suspect Ewan McGregor, kind of cost a lot <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah he's one of the biggest stars ever i think that might be a factor uh i would also be happy someday if they decided to release things physically on disc and i would be happy to see the kenobi special edition with even better speeders on blu-ray and 4k uh, yeah. but the other thing i want to be sure to ask you along these lines uh, is some of the tension with the effects or i can tell that's a smaller set is some of that the weirdness of seeing brand new Vader, Kenobi, and Leia on your television screen? And, you know, lots of us are lucky to have, you know, much bigger screens than, than the three of us grew up with. Uh, but it still isn't. I'm at, you know, Grauman's Chinese Theater and they are two stories high. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. a part of the emotional reaction? I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think so. I think with like the Mandalorian or even the Book of Boba Fett, I didn't really have quite the same reaction. I think because these are, you know, Vader, Obi-Wan, Leia, like it it does, I I am like, oh, I am watching this on my computer. Like (laughs) this is a little, a little different. Right. And, and we grew up watching these, I mean, even for the re-releases, watching them in the theater. So yeah, I'm sure that that is part of it. But, you know, like I said, I'm thrilled to be getting these Star Wars stories. This is what we wanted way back when, when George Lucas was talking about making a Star Wars show. And mm-hmm. the reason he couldn't was because the money, right? So uh, it's pretty incredible, the technology and how it's allowed to them to make these for us, the fans. Yeah. Exactly. And and I so agree with you, Ken. I think there's so much in this that is very, very beautiful. I will never stop talking about how much I love those establishing shots of Vader and Kenobi uh, facing off on barren, stabby rock planet. I just, <laughs> some of my favorite shots in all of Star Wars look beautiful yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, Ken, do you have any other thoughts about seeing like Vader and Obi-Wan on the small screen on the computer and if that's affecting you versus seeing them for the first time up there on the big screen? I, maybe because you know I, I had Empire Strikes Back on this morning when I was going over notes. Um, and, and Vader walks into the Hoth, you know, Echo Base, and and yeah, it feels different, right? And it's not even because of the way it looks. I think it just it is a bit of a mental thing for me. I, you know, I, I can't. 
I, I don't know. I, I can't disconnect the two, you know, uh, from my brain. Movie Vader, TV Vader. But the, the TV Vader looks good. He's just a little more shiny, a little more flashy light. The, his lights are a little, a little bit more. Um, but it's just a weird thing. And and, and, and I that's why I understand if all, you know, there's a lot of bad faith criticisms out there. Though, but I've, I've had some friends off. I've texted them because sometimes I admit, sometimes I'm like uh, a, a mobster outside your flower shop with a baseball bat going, you got bad faith arguments? What do you got? What do you got? You got bad faith? And I, that's not fair. That's not right of me. Um, tense times uh, these days. But a couple of friends go, hey, look, I just, I, I'm used to sitting in a theater and the music is all around me. John Williams is rattling my soul. Mm-hmm. And it's just not that. And you know what? That's 100% true. It's not mm-hmm. that. It's a different serving of uh, this wonderful Star Wars dish. So uh, it is what it is. Like, you, you know, even not to prolong this conversation, even Echo Base. I was looking at Echo Base today and I was like, it just feels a little different to me than like, say, the Jabim Gate thing, which I too, Jen, had, uh, you know, felt smaller to me than I might have wanted it to, whatever that means. But so I'm like, Echo Base, look at Echo Base. You could tell, you could tell it's it's pine wood. You can tell it's a studio. You can tell it cost all this money. And then like, you know, the Falcon flies out and it looks like, uh, you know, Phil Tippett's holding it on a popsicle stick. <laughs> <laughs> and going, vroom, like, it's just, but I at seven, I didn't care. And it's just, that stayed with me. Uh, and that's just where we are. And it's not, probably not the last time we'll talk about it. It's not the last time it's going to be on Twitter. Um, but, uh, it is, it is what it is. And sometimes you just have to choose where you, where you take that and where you go from there. Yep. Your focus determines your reality. And we want to be sure to focus on this big discussion point. Uh, but then also I think, uh, we all demonstrated at the beginning of this conversation, that big picture, we're focusing on the joy of the story and the characters and all that. But I did want to talk about one other element, um, about kind of the scope of it in uh, so the story itself obviously featured these important moments for huge legacy characters. So that makes it feel very big. Uh, this story was told over one six episode story that, you know, a lot of people watching know was originally uh, a movie that was an expanded to be a little bit more episodic. So ultimately did it feel like a TV show? Did it feel like a long movie broken up into parts as it's titled? Or does it feel like its own weird thing? Jennifer, did you have any thoughts or reactions to what it felt like? Yeah, when when I finished watching the episode, the final episode, I was like, that is incredible. The story that they told over just six episodes, that's not a lot. And mm-hmm. I felt like every episode was crucial. It gave us so much, you know, emotional canon that connected with the lar- larger uh, saga. So I feel like that's not always the case with TV. You know, sometimes you get some filler episodes or whatever, or some side side journeys. No, every, every episode stands alone to create this beautiful story. It kind I mean, I guess it kind of felt a little bit like a long movie. I don't know. It just felt really tight. And I really appreciated that they were able to pack all of this in and it feels his journey, his arc, Obi-Wan's arc feels complete. It feels authentic, which can sometimes feel rushed, you know, when you only have six mm-hmm. episodes, but it just, that's why I was like, oh, how are they going to do a second season? Like, it was so perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really like what you're saying is that the the longer uh, amount of time uh, in telling this one story gives multiple beats for Obi-Wan to make this journey so he can start in such a low place and end in such a high place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken, how do you feel about it? Do you, do you Did it feel like a TV show with its own episodes? Did it feel like a long movie or something different I, I i wrote down its own weird thing is a great way to look at it uh it truly <laughs> is and this is 
specifically for Kenobi versus uh, Boba Fett, uh, a character we spent minutes with in our lifetime, uh, <laughs> and uh, Amanda, which is its own world. You know that so the presentation feels different, not just in the text side but in the story. And, and weird thing, because it did it did feel uh, like a TV show, and I really enjoyed that. The cliffhangers, kind of the long play stories, the big ending, like it really worked. Like Jen saying here. It, it's very much up there with Facts of Life and Different Strokes as some of the best TV shows of all time. <laughs> uh, the references work their way back. Um, but yeah, and so, and I got to live with Kenobi a lot longer than I would have if it was just a movie. That said, you know, they delivered this up with a bigger budget and did some different things. And this ended up being the movie that had, had been talked about. I bet I would have been really happy with that. Um, but I don't know. There were so many other things that didn't feel squished into a two hour movie. And it's funny because Jen, you're right. It's like, Man, there was only six episodes, and one of them was like 38 minutes. Like, nuts to that. Give me more. Give me more. But they really did have, I think, more time than they would have, and I think that's just reality. So, therefore, it did feel like its own weird thing. And guess what? I don't have to choose. This is what we got, and I'm satisfied. That said, though, I, you know, Kenobi two-hour movie of the week going forward, I'm good with. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's – I'm really glad that we uh, had this conversation because I, I think I feel like, great, you know what? I, I always like as a philosophy, don't shove things into boxes. <laughs> and uh, that's that's what this is. I'm not going to shove Kenobi in a box. It's its own <laughs> weird thing. There are parts of it that to me work incredibly well is episodic television. There's a real effort made uh, to have those cliffhangers, but each episode is a different conflict uh, along the journey. Yes. Like each conflict that started in the episode is a, a, a mini conflict within the larger conflict. And there's a real effort to uh, have that like a uh, galaxy hopping. Each each episode is on a different planet, you know, uh, up until we get to, you know, part six, where it's multiple planets. Um, mm-hmm. So there is a real epi- a real effort to create that episodic feeling. And yet it is movie like in that it is its own big story that is the 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 three-act structure is still there for the most part um so it it feels like something i I would love to see it all smashed together uh in whatever amount of time that takes in a theater and see it on the big screen but i wouldn't trade even if a two and a half hour even a three hour movie version i wouldn't trade it for the amount of beats that we get in kenobi's development the amount of small, quiet moments that we get between characters, particularly precious Kenobi Leia moments where <laughs> one or two of them might need to have been compressed or axed in, in order to move it forward. And I also think just structurally for me, I think a movie version would not have Fortress Inquisitorious. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that, actually. Structurally, thinking, yeah. Stru- yeah. yeah, structurally for me, I think that's where you can see the expansion from a movie into a six-part episode because there's so much that's vital to characters that happens at Fortress Inquisitorious. It is, of mm. course, super cool uh, to see it. It is telling of what Leia and, and Obi-Wan are going through. It's a kind of a crucial beat for Obi-Wan to start to reawaken. But all those things plot-wise probably could have happened on Jabim. Yeah. And, and I think that expansion, that, that Fortress Inquisitorious episode, for me, like, uh, it, it doesn't move the overall plot forward as much because it is, you know, get Leia back, bring her back to Jabim. But all these wonderful character things and world-building things happen there. And we that's the kind of stuff that we would have lost if it was a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Yes. Yeah, no, that, that's a that's a four center well said indeed. Just because uh, you know, trying to look at it 
from that writer point of view, yeah, that's that's probably the spot you cut. That's the deleted scene that you watch on the DVDs two years later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The we because what we got, we got to spend more time with the uh, beats like that, and I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the ideas in the scenes in this show are are, are very very heavy, and you know, poor Obi Wan's having a rough time for a lot of the show. <laughs> uh, but I still left feeling like the show was joyful funny and felt alive how do you think do you agree jennifer and if so how do you think the show show managed to feel joyful and funny and alive while dealing with as you said trauma yeah young leia young leia was the key every time she's on screen even even when she's you know trapped being held hostage whatever just like when she's talking to lola okay come on lola like just the she is just this the actress Vivian Lyra Blair is incredible like she's so real uh, and alive and hopeful right everything feels so hopeful with her obviously her relationship with Obi-Wan um is fantastic and uh, uh just really yeah I feel like every time she was on screen I was just delighted even when she was in, in trouble I was delighted at what <laughs> what she was going to think of how she was going to approach the situation and kind of like the resilience that she would um exude really and like the strength and like come on we got this let's go let's go now I'm ready um yeah yeah young Leia the, was a key that literal energy of forward movement yeah I yeah. think that's a huge part of it Leia herself I think um Obi-Wan's charm for me, even in pain, like I, one of my favorite lines is when he tells Tika, like, hey, if you're trying to resell me my own stuff, could you at least <laughs> clean it as a courtesy? Uh, and I think it was really crucial that we established in that first part, uh, like the first three quarters, first half of the first part to see Obi-Wan absolutely devastated. Mm-hmm. But then after that, even though he's still going through great trauma, everyone is pulling at him to act to reconnect with hope and to move forward and he's kind of like all right i'll take a half step all right i'll take a half step okay i'll take a step okay i'll take two steps so he is always delivering this this emotion toward more forward movement while leia's just rocketing forward (laughs) and and pulling him along and i think also just functionally in particularly in parts two and three which which have some you know sad brutal stuff in them leia and obi-wan leia's forward movement but also leia and obi-wan's comedy act together Mm. (laughs) and the kindness my one of my favorite scenes is their conversation about you know their biological families versus their found families you know Mm. it's so kind and and so healing um and then as you get into the back half you know the existence of the path uh that focus on the next generation that's hopeful and then by the time you get to part five when I like just kind of close my eyes and think of like, how is this show joyful? I picture Sonny Coruscant with Obi-Wan and Anakin in mm-hmm. better times, Anakin mm-hmm. needing to learn a lesson and maybe not, but still that's just like, it's this picture of the light in the life and the hope of the Jedi before the dark times. Mm-hmm. And that made a big difference to me too. Ken, where do you go with this, with uh, how the show managed to still feel joyful and fun? Oh, a lot of different places. Uh, this is, yeah, and I was going to, I was going to start with something else, but just if you get me thinking of just like how there was, even going back to that trailer, right, of, of, of the music swelling as uh, Kenobi looks up, right? And you got to find hope within the, the dark times, hope with the hope within fear, that big Star Wars theme. And so in a way, that's what the series is doing, right? It is a little um, murkier. It is a little depressing at times. It, it is traumatic. And but the hope is there. It's just kind of hidden from you. You got to find your way back or it's like the path where it literally kind of has to be hidden. Uh, and, and it emerges, it shines through, especially at the end where even just, you know, Ewan McGregor's laugh, right? That hearty laugh, Leia, is kind of almost what we're all building to in a way. 
uh, for me. And yeah, the, the moments I, I put down the note too of the moments where Kenobi's charm emerged were great. And that happens all the way through, but particularly, I really dig the first episode. Uh, Kenobi bartering with, with Tika. Indeed, it, it proves that Kenobi is al- alongside Sanford and Son. It's one of the best shows of all time. Uh, absolutely. I, I could watch Tika and Kenobi go for an entire episode. Really good. Uh, really good. But yeah, this is, and we've got a little bit more character stuff on the way in this conversation, but this for me is the little Leia stills the show section for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, even now, I find myself just wanting to go back and watch her scenes or, or especially the exchanges with Bale and, and Ben. Um, but I, I was having breakfast with a friend the other day who could sometimes, I think, choose the cynical side. And they just kind of said, well, you know, uh, Leia carried that show. And, and there was some negative connotation to that. But also I was like, yeah, in a way, I think that's true. I don't I think that undercuts a lot of what was in the show and a lot of the performances, everyone there. So it's not something I say, yeah, you're 100 percent right. But I, I, I get that point of view because I think she was the hope. I think she mm-hmm. was the light going through the entire journey, even in the darkest hours, even, even in the darkest hours saying, is this a staring contest made you laugh and remember that there's a good thing still out there to fight for and to return to. Yeah. I mean, I think that might be the sort of um, praising Leia to maybe critique some other uh, things mm-hmm. way to say it, um, yep. which yep. of course that person has every right to their opinions. But, but I also feel like, yeah, that that's what the show told us. It is, it, it, it is Leia mm-hmm. carrying Obi-Wan, you know, that, there's that great part in part six of where, you know, Bale is saying, let us know if we can repay you. And, you know, he turns and looks at Leia's like, well, you already have. Like, that's, that's the show saying, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi-Wan is carried by Leia. That's the point. <laughs> in a positive way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Final thing for me on this is I, I think that I could watch like two hours of Werner Herzog level depressing. And if one person <laughs> gently, kindly touched a Jedi symbol etched into a wall, I'd be like, this is about hope. Uh, like the power of that symbol and what it means and the idea of light not dying, even in the darkest times, that's so powerful to me. Mm-hmm. I would like to see the hope now. <laughs> Show us the hope. <laughs> All right, moving on to our final question in the first chunk of our podcast here. I always want to be sure to really celebrate the just pulpy adventure serial thrill of Star Wars. There was a lot of that in this uh, show to me. There were several big action scenes and big duels. We had uh, Vader versus uh, Kenobi on Mapuzo. We had breaking into Fortress Inquisitorius. We had Reva's raid on Jabim. Uh, Reva's duel with Vader. Kenobi versus Vader on Barren Planet of Stabby Rocks. Official title. Um, which of these moments did you find cool, powerful, awesome, made you want to act them out on the playground? Jennifer, how did you feel about the action? There was so much of it. I, I, every time I was like, oh, this has got to be like the final. No, it's not the final. This is only in episode three. Or, you know, it's like <laughs> there were just, yeah, I mean, I was just, I was shocked. But what I think made it so interesting, specifically the Kenobi Vader battles uh, and the fact that there was more than one, um, was that there was the emotional depth underneath it. Yeah, it was cool. And and it was, I was impressed by how Ewan McGregor was so in, in great shape, great lightsaber fighting shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Hayden too. And so, uh, yeah, I, um, but it was the emotional depth, the lines, the dialogue, the history that really made it uh, very, very special in my opinion. But yeah, there was just, every episode had something so visually exciting to watch. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Ken, how did you feel? Were there particular battles or fights that you found either uh, cool or you were able to embrace the cool because you were uh, held by the meaning? <laughs> all of all, all of them. The main event really truly was the main event, right? Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. and tell, I can tell you, 15 years of booking wrestling shows, often the main event is uh, the thunder is stolen by uh, something on the undercard. That happens a lot. <laughs> Not here. Not here. The main event was spectacular. It's one I want to relive over and over and over again but it uh you know that's not to uh discount anything else i particularly enjoyed reva versus vader um mm-hmm. there's something in the action too that's different especially the stuff from vader um but the me- meaning behind it um the, the pain that reva's experiencing in it and, and, and you know you i don't know like going back to it like i'm rooting for something for her to happen <laughs> I, but it's like there might be Slight, I don't even say, say plot armor that's used in such a super, super negative connotation. But, you know, I, I didn't think Vader was losing a head or a hand or an ankle. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think mm-hmm. he was coming out okay. It was it was how. It was the execution and just um, her to reach that part and realize that this is everything I've worked for. It's it's my path uh, of revenge and here it is. And and, and to know it's, it's not going to go that way and, 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 and where it just kind of collapses on her. The emotions of it all really, really worked for me. So it had that, what we love about Star Wars, pulpy, serial, almost swashbuckling Vader's doing these cool moves and she's, she's pretty darn skilled herself. And and then, and then the big poignant emotions there. So that and a lot of the other things too. Yeah. I I think for me, I just, I'm, I'm always aware that this is a part of what uh, initially drew me into Star Wars in, because it looked cool and it looked like nothing else. And the action was uh, bizarre and otherworldly, but then I uh, think without being able to name it in any way, what was going on behind it, I sensed it. And that's what made me keep Mm. coming back and appreciate it more as an adult. So I just, I'm always really fascinated by the action because it is different and weird and it is the kind of action you don't see anywhere but Star Wars. You see similar things other places, but for my money, there's nothing quite, uh, is mm. there's nothing exactly the same as Star Wars. Um, so I think if this show opened with, you know, uh, a Jedi I didn't know, fighting an Inquisitor I didn't know, and the moves were cool, I would have enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these fights are so much more enjoyable because you have the, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. you have that, oh, that's so painful because of what the character is going through. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. for me, the, the Vader's duel with Reva was way up there because we were seeing Vader do different moves. And there is that sort of like desire for that because we've lived with the character for a long time and it would be cool mm-hmm. to see him do different things. But then the fact to me that it was so um, motivated by he's in his head about Kenobi uh, always, you know, getting getting one up on him and he's going to get do that to Reva like like Kenobi just made him feel like a Padawan again and he needs to prove to himself that he's a master. So he's going to show her that he doesn't even have to take his blade out. In fact, he can hand her blade back to her. <laughs> Everything in that fight is motivated by by from Vader's side of needing to feel like the master. So I get to go, oh, that was cool, Vader. And I get to go, oh, Vader, you loser. <laughs> get over it, you know? Um, yeah. And, yeah, and then the, 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 I think they lived up to the rematch of the century for me. I love that Kenobi-Vader fight. I loved what was going on with Kenobi. I think that it, it is him using his full power uh, and then choosing to step back. But then in that, those moments of using his full power, passing the lightsaber behind his back, uh, the rocks moment in visual is just so powerful that I can enjoy it as the meaning and I can just go, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, 
All right, so we are going to take a quick break, and then we are going to come back to talk about some of the specific characters and their journeys in the Obi-Wan Kenobi television show, one of the best shows of all time. Back in a moment. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
And we are back to continue our overall look at the Obi-Wan Kenobi television show. We're going to get into some specific characters. So, you know, the show featured many characters, uh, but it did all hinge on Obi-Wan's journey, uh, ultimately leading to Obi-Wan's choice to stop fighting Vader. Now, this is something that we can talk about for a long time. We're going to talk about, I think, (laughs) uh, for a long time as Star Wars fans. But Jennifer, how did you feel about that? Did you agree with Obi-Wan's choice to walk away from Vader? Oh, I thought it was the perfect choice. You know, because the whole series is is him being trapped by his own guilt, Mm -hmm. right? And so Vader has unknowingly released Obi-Wan from that guilt. And really, what is there to fight for at that point? Like, if if the person that that Obi-Wan loved is no longer there, well, that's it. Is, you know, he's following the Jedi code. He's not, he's going to stay true to his values by, by not killing him. But it's like, uh, you're basically, you're, you're dead to me. <laughs> you, know, you, you are just a, a monster, basically. That's just, you know, you're, you're not the Anakin that I loved, but it's not, it's not my job, I guess, or I don't know, uh, to, to, to slay you, I, I suppose. I just, I felt, I felt at peace with it because Obi-Wan felt at peace with it. Yeah, yeah, and that's how just you didn't get caught up in any other sort of like how does this align with other choices Obi Wan has made? It was just for you. You were in the moment, and it felt right. It felt like what Obi Wan needed to move forward. Yeah, because it felt like up until that point he had been fighting, fighting, fighting. Is there is Anakin still in there? Is there any hope left? And when and when basically Vader's like, no, that's this is this is my choice. <laughs> I'm choosing to be this way. Uh, it's like, all right, well that's your choice, and I'm going to make mine, and I'm going to walk away. So. Yeah, uh, love it, love it. Ken, how are you feeling? We, I know we've got a chance to talk about this uh, in our uh, review of part six, but I'm interested to see uh, if the weekend <laughs> has changed your feelings. Uh, it's, yeah, it's only, it's actually only cemented uh, it in my heart is, is the right choice, the right choice for the story, what the story's trying to say. But it also raises some very important questions. And some of them are those, uh, I keep going to this uh, phrase, the nuts and bolts of Star Wars. Uh, we were talking about that with Alex uh, on the Star Wars Explained stream. And we mentioned on our live stream Friday of just like, yeah, yeah, no. We have the benefit of knowing the horrible things that Vader goes on to do. And also we know what ends up happening in his redemption. And so it's easy to look at it thematically. And what is this telling you? But also I think it's fair to go, uh, should he have put some handcuffs on him and taken him in? Should he have done this and that? I, I think that it, it, it does raise those questions that are fun for me as a Star Wars fan. Hmm. Fun for me to know uh, as, as Obi-Wan moves on, um, does he have not those doubts that are like the soul shattering doubts we just went through with him, but maybe strategic j- doubts or, you know, put more importance on him. Like going, yeah, Luke, Luke might be the one Leia has her path. All those kind of questions. And, and unfortunately, the, the age we're in, I think, uh, not to have one of those the age we're in conversations here, but sometimes uh, it, it's 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 not a crack in the Star Wars story to be like, Mm-mm. to ask, should he have killed Vader there? I think it's a great question. Should he put a blade into his eye? Maybe. And like I, I think we said on another program, maybe our review, I think, Joseph, just like, imagine that. Does that seem right? Does it seem Jedi-like? Does it seem Kenobi-like for what no. we know going forward? Yeah, maybe knows the answer for us, and but I think it's I think it's fun, and I I don't I don't want to lose that sense of fun with those questions. And even again, going to me standing with a baseball bat outside your uh, your flower shop, sometimes I have to let go of uh, you know because I know those questions can be used against Star Wars, right? right. Oh, he should have killed Vader. 
boom, they've undone Star Wars. <laughs> and we'll see that time and time again, where I was like, yeah, maybe he showed up, but he didn't. And I think it was the right choice for him in the story going forward. But uh, I loved it. So I, in the end, yeah, I absolutely love it. I, I I really like your passion, and I am now starting to be afraid to go to a flower shop in case you're waiting with your baseball bat. <laughs> I must have been watching like Once Upon a Time in America or something this weekend accidentally. Uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, you know Valentine's Day massacre is going to happen. I don't know. Uh, no, I understand. I understand. I can picture it. I can picture it. I've had yeah. enough. I've had enough of bad takes from this flower shop. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it, I'm so fascinated by it because it feels to me absolutely correct for this show, for Obi-Wan in this moment moment of his life i think it is valid to have you know debates and and discussions of you know did was was w- what led obi-wan to feel like uh luke needed to face down vader and that death was a possibility in that encounter i think that's a valid thing to think about and to discuss there's years in between uh those stories there's a different level of reality <laughs> that mm-hmm. obi-wan kenobi is in as a force spirit, I think everything that happens in this battle lines up very, very well with Obi-Wan's clarity for himself that his truth is truly that Anakin is gone. Anakin does not exist. Uh, he, he tells Luke nice memories of his father because his father is dead, just mm-hmm. like he tells nice memories of his father to Leia because her father is dead. Yeah. And uh, Obi-Wan is, you know, asking Luke to face this other thing, Vader. Um but I think he has a different relationship in this moment. To me, I think that he he lived with guilt about killing Anakin specifically, mm. uh, because I don't think that's what he had. He want he didn't want to do that. He thought he did that on Mustafar because he had to, uh, because he was a warrior and he had to stop the threat. Um, and there's plenty to discuss there, and, and we'll discuss that more in the future. But I feel like for this show, it, it really highlights at the beginning of part six that Obi Wan has returned to hope. He knows the um, importance of the next generation. This is a tactical move to make sure the next generation survives. And he's going into this battle ready to kill or be killed, ready to just e- e- embrace death, Vader's or his own. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the choice he makes is definitely about, hey, if if Anakin's not there, then what am I fighting for? But I feel like it's also just a choice to survive, just a choice mm-hmm. to continue that I think it's really crucial that, you know, the way the fight is constructed, he takes it to Vader and Vader's limping. Vader's not doing great. And that right. leads us all to think like, well, he could have finished him off. Right. And that would have been sad. Uh, but I don't. But, but watching it again, to me, what the story is, is that he he gives Vader everything he's got. Vader stands back up, spits in his face, said, you didn't do anything. I chose this. And we get to Anakin's dead part. But then Vader's blade comes back up and he says, just like I'm going to destroy you. It echoes the the conversation at the beginning of their fight uh, where Vader says, you know, did you come here to destroy me? I will do what I must. Uh, then you will die. The beginning of their conversation is about death. Mm-hmm. One of them has to die. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, what it's about is for Obi-Wan in this moment, Vader's bringing up that, that blade back up saying, I just want to keep fighting. I just want to keep fighting forever. Right. And Obi-Wan's like, all right, you want to fight? I'm not going to engage. Uh, I told you when you were my Padawan, a Jedi's goal is to preserve life, not take it. Uh, you know, I deviated from that a lot during the Clone Wars. I'm not doing it today. And I feel like it's a today, this moment, I choose to disengage from fighting. I choose to go on living, to go on evolving, to actually be here for the next generation. To me, that's 
all of all going on in that moment to just be like, you know, I've certainly experienced it where you've been in a in a pitched battle with someone you care about and you're not going to resolve it. And they just want to keep screaming. And God, I feel like a Jedi when I just go, OK, and walk away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's what I feel. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like you walked away from a screaming relative. <laughs> that's good. Or, or that's an, really good. an online an online Twitter debate. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. It, it, not, not to go carry it on from my point of view here. Just it, it's like this question of uh, a balance. Right. And 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 if he puts that blade in his eye, it, it, is that letting the dark side push a little bit more against the light and that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the water we, I, I, for me, that always is this like tidal wave of darkness and you're here to hold it back. Does that allow a little bit to come in? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or does protecting the light and life going forward and, and taking them out there, does that work too? Um, and I think, honestly, I think I see cases made for both, right? If you're just having a bar conversation, but I mm-hmm. think for what the show needed to do and what it needed to do for Kenobi was, it was a powerful lesson and I'm engaging with it. Um, on that level yeah yeah i i think this show is asking you to remember a lot of what obi-wan's gone through in this particular journey about needing to back away from violence in order to reclaim himself and i think this is the right choice for obi-wan in that moment and he goes on to be able to be there uh for other people and ultimately uh vader or anakin in the um in the sparring flashback is proven wrong when he says mercy doesn't defeat an an enemy Mm. uh Obi-Wan, let's live, let's Vader live now. Maybe we can debate that. But ultimately, it, it is Luke's mercy that allows Anakin to destroy Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, final thing for me that I'll, I'll say on this is just because I've been really thinking about it so much, that great uh, Clone Wars arc at the end of season six with Yoda, where Yoda is kind of, uh, he's learning how to be, become one with the Force and begin that journey. But he's also facing who he's become during the Clone Wars. That he's let anger and aggression get to him. And in this vision that Palpatine causes, Palpatine offers him basically like you can save uh, this vision of Anakin or you can just keep attacking me. You can keep killing, fighting, keep fighting me. And Yoda's like, now I'm going to disengage from the fight and I'm going to save Anakin. I'm going to choose life. Mm -hmm. And Palpatine says, we failed to break Master Yoda. Mm -hmm. There's almost a one-to-one going on here. And there's, like I said, there's always room to discuss this and we're going to actually later this week on our questions episode, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the complex Jedi, what responsibility do Jedi have to strike down Sith to save others uh, versus this need to uh, protect uh, life, mm-hmm. uh, including just protect the idea of life by not constantly being violent. There's plenty to be discussed there, but I think for this moment, it was the right thing for Obi-Wan. Yeah. One last thing I want, you know, oh, I know now that you're talking about it, it's a total toxic relationship between the two of them. And right? Obi-Wan is just like, no, I am done being in this toxic relationship where you want this from me. I am reclaiming my my time. I'm, re- I'm reclaiming my energy. And right. we're, we're not going to play this game anymore. Yeah. Reclaiming my life. Literally yeah. going on to going on to to commune with uh, with Qui-Gon. And he mm-hmm. couldn't be there for Luke. He couldn't be there for the next generation. He couldn't be there for the future if he hadn't reclaimed his Kenobi time. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So great. Okay, we could talk about this forever and we will talk about it uh, more. But I do want to move on. Unless, uh, any other final thoughts from either of you? No, no I, I, I okay. said that he just pressed mute on the thread, and that's sometimes what you got to do. <laughs> yes. That's what you got to do. All right, let's go uh, back into hope. Uh, let's talk little Leia. What do you feel like the show added to the character of Leia Organa? Jennifer? 
Oh my gosh, it added everything is what we've been reading about in Leia, Princess of Alderaan. And for me, one of the strongest things of that novel was was her relationship to Bale and Brea, having that positive parental relationship and between you know their, their child. Um, so I really enjoyed seeing that um, and just how much they loved her, how much they believed in her and cared for her and saw her as, as their own child. And I also loved seeing how the experience changed her to become a leader, right? Mm-hmm. And and really like she's a very precocious, strong-willed child and and everyone's kind of like trying to figure out how, what do we do with her? Do we just let her run <laughs> off in the forest, right? And mm-hmm. Obi-Wan's a person that kind of helps her and her own this own experience, it shapes her into becoming to know how to use all of her energy and her, her, her determination for good. Um, and she kind of finds her own way and Bale and Brea being the wonderful parents that they are, they're like, yeah, all right, this, this, this is your choice. And I think that's wonderful. Mm. Oh, I absolutely love that. Ken, what do you feel like this show added to Leia? I mean, essentially, I think just kind of echoing a lot of what Jennifer said, but uh, I think that's the point. Cause it was just so clear and it was just so purposeful and powerful for this character. Um, most of what will make and makes her so strong and important later is princess of action, intuitive, bold, passionate, empathetic. Just basically all those traits Kenobi listed off uh, were there, right? Um, that's why I love the slide and that chase sequence that gets um, poked at a lot when the guys are chasing her. Yeah, all right, maybe you would have caught her, but they didn't. Um, I love that slide she takes because it... it <laughs> I'm sorry, I need yeah. to interject. Are, are you having people in a flower shop that you're standing outside of without a bat? Are they in there in that flower shop saying, I could have caught the 10-year-old girl? Is that what they're really saying? It happens to me weekly. It happens to me weekly. Where I have friends or, you know, they hear it on shows. Like, you know, I, you know, I didn't like the show that chase. And you know what? Again, this is... Opinions are... are Totally fine. Yeah, I, I understand it was there was that one little weird edit where the guy did the guy hit the tree or not? Did it? Oh, right. Totally. Right, yeah. Totally. Uh, if you want to put Benny Hill music underneath it and that makes you happy. <laughs> great. Great. But it's that's my thing. It's not easy to chase a child. I'll it's tell you that. Easy. I can barely keep up with my two year old. It's not easy, yeah. people. Right. I, I can't I can't catch a four pound chihuahua sometimes. Like, what, what do you want from me? I can't I can't get over a doggy gate. My knees and back are so stiff. Who knows what these guys are doing? But my point is that why I love that slide where she goes down the hill and slides it was a purposeful action she's got all these those skills in her and that's how i took it the rest of the the, the chase is noise to me it's that slide that makes it everything and 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 so uh the big thing for me was was her being challenged by her role and duties as a princess that's where we begin with a lot of it she's a head of state a potential leader she's she's going to inherit a lot of things whether it's this the title of queen or senator which is already being tossed over her head right i mean in good ways i think with bail but that's already there it's already maybe past she's on and 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 that line that i keep mentioning and i'm not done talking about it i won't i'll talk about this so the 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 shacks come home um the 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 line from her her mother of of, you know then do something more with it Mm. and she clearly finds that more by the end of the story and I just feel honored as a lifelong Leia fan who is recording in a studio that has Leia picture, pictures all over it. Leia art is all over my house because this character influenced me in a lot of ways um, growing up and has only influenced me even more as we got to spend more time with Leia. I, I'm just honored to have witnessed the events, uh, these events of her life at the beginning. I, I, I'm moved by it. I love it, both as a just life lessons and as a Star Wars fan. No, I, I love what both of you are saying. I'm looking up at my uh, my Star Wars poster with uh, Luke and Leia swinging together. Leia's got mm-hmm. the blaster out firing. Um, yeah, I think that there's such a great story where Leia has all of these intrinsic traits 
and yeah. she is, uh, you know, adopted and loved by the Organas, who are going to train her uh, to be a, a leader. And are they have their ideas of what leadership means, of being symbolic, right? You know, mm-hmm. gre- greeting people, being a dignitary, waving to the people. These are all valuable things. They're, they're being a leader who is a symbol and an inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she has this desire, this Anakin and Padme-like desire to get out there and do things physically herself mm-hmm. with her hands. Um, and, and we that desire is established. And then I think it's really, really important. I think this is what adds to the character of Leia to see this experience where she chooses to be the princess of action. Because mm-hmm. we get to see her experience firsthand the pain in the galaxy caused by the Empire. Yes. It's not a yes. briefing she saw it. She right. experienced it. And then she saw other people risking their lives, sometimes sacrificing their lives to help others. And to me, you can see her go like, oh, I'm happy to be a symbol when I need to be and to be, give speeches and to be an inspiration and to wear the correct jewelry to signify, you know, this political point. I'm happy to do that. But also, if other people are out there physically risking their lives, I will not be content unless I'm out there physically doing things as well. Yes. Uh, and one of my favorite Leia moments is in part five uh, when she insists on taking the action of going into uh, the, you know, the small corridor. And it's just a, it's a it's a plot mechanic. It's needed, but it's also just like such a visual of Leia is the one who opens the gate to the sky who opens mm-hmm. the gate to hope and and she could have maybe done that with a speech but she did that with her hands and mm. that's the princess that we met in a new hope and in this i think shows us how she got there yes mm. yes to joseph you listen yes, yes. um <laughs> no no it, it, it's uh yeah we, we'll, we'll have to just do an episode on the the journey of lola at some point because yeah. it, it's really important and, and and so just one of the most perfect castings in, in the histories of, of castings but uh, and I, I really mean that, but, but, you know, yeah, even, you know, um, she's kept on Alderaan for good reason. We know the reasons why we're going we to keep her back. There's some things. And then because her, you know, she gets taken it, which has a lot to do with um, her, her own actions, right? You know, she kind of gets herself in trouble and she, she admits that kind of later, she has to deal with that later. Um, and that's part of it. But that, that, that thing, uh, was a chapter three or uh, part three where she's just kind of like, I thought the empire was supposed to help. And like, can we just go to, nah, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at Joshua Tree here. It ain't. It ain't helping. Yeah. Right. It ain't helping. Yeah. <laughs> Got yeah. bad news for you, kid. Uh, love that scene. It. Yeah, and, uh, and, and that flows so nicely into the stuff we we eventually pick up with Leia, Princess of Alderaan, or even her parents and rebels of uh, only five six years later, and um, you had has discovered of what she's going to do with this position she has. Right. Can't keep Luke on the moisture farm. Uh, can't keep uh, a layout of taking physical action in the mm-hmm. in the fight, which is definitely what happens in that book. Uh, we could talk about Leia forever, but I want to move on to Vader uh, and and or Anakin, however you want to describe him. Uh, Jennifer, did, did the show make you see Vader slash Anakin in a new light in any way? Yeah, it made me see just how like kind of pathetic he had become <laughs> i mean yes, like yes. when he's wheezing and he's yes. just like not willing to just admit defeat it's just it's sad he has yeah. become imprisoned by his trauma and he's become so petty right like he's just like i want to make you suffer i want to make you suffer for everything that's happened but it's just like 
I just saw it in a whole new light, and I think it makes so much sense. It continues the journey that we saw in episode uh, three, and with with uh, Obi Wan, I mean, just really seeing his love for his brother, for his friend, for his Padawan, it was uh, it gave so much. It gives it gives so much, and new context to a new hope for me, at least seeing this yeah. relationship. No, I really agree that the I've always liked the lightsaber fight in A New Hope and everything that Vader and Kenobi kind of say each other in A New Hope, but it it makes it even more powerful. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily new, but I really do love that this uh, series kind of zeroed in on the ego part of it, right? Yes. Um, Because when we talk about Anakin's fall, we we talk a a lot about the how how he has his great compassion. He has compassion for Padme, but then that turn that curdles into possession because it's his fear of losing her is about himself. It's not about her he does things she wouldn't want him to do because he can't lose her and that's it is a big part of his fall but you know there are plenty of uh, articles where lucas is also talking about like he's greedy he wants more power and there are those lines in revenge of the sith where like something's not right i you know i want more uh that his just desire to be the best (laughs) to be the master to prove he's the master is also a part of his fall and i love that they zeroed in on that of I'm remembering this time he beat me when we were sparring he you know the moment he defeated me on Mustafar I was just bragging about how he's underestimating my power whoops no Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, it's so focusing on that part of him uh, that I love that and then I really love that short brutal scene uh, with Palpatine that Mm -hmm. really exposes um, the lie of the Sith right one of the key ways that Palpatine seduces him in Revenge of the Sith is too bad the Jedi won't let you care about your wife. All you want to do is save your wife. The Sith rely on their passion. If you come over to the dark side, you're free to fight for the people you care about. And then he goes over to the dark side and he gets told, carrying is weakness. You can't care. If you chase Kenobi too hard, I will think that you mm-hmm. care about him too much. <laughs> like, you know, Palpatine's like, you, you can't even tease him because you might like him. Like that level of the dark side is is actually uh, rejecting connection and the lie that Palpatine promises him in Revenge of the Sith is the Jedi won't let you connect, but the Sith will, and they won't at all. And I think that scene really made that pain uh, apparent to me. Yeah, right there with you on the stuff with, with Vader. And, and at this point, I, I don't even know if there's much to say about Vader until we dig deeper into him and, and maybe other shows, um, like our Force Center shows. I, it just confirmed what I thought about him and where he was. But I love what you're saying too, Joseph, about it. it highlights certain areas and certain, mm-hmm. dare we say, goals. He has written on a post-it note, more power to <laughs> feel myself. Um, and I, and it all, and it, to me, the, 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 the Palpatine call is, is the ending. It is, it is, he might've been on the cusp of some sort of change inside his heart. And he's like, Oh no, 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 no. It's, it's, it, it's all good. It's all good. Trust me, Kenobi ain't nothing to me. Um, he, he he didn't. He chose not to learn anything from the re- previous uh, events of the last few days or weeks or however long the show goes. You know, yeah. um, so that's kind of where I was in there. On, on on Kenobi, I, it definitely changed a lot of what I thought Kenobi did for the entire nineteen years. Uh, now I'm even looking at some of our conversations of what we wanted for the show. Uh, long long before we thought he might. I mean, we always kind of thought he might leave the planet. That would make some sense, even especially if you're doing a movie. But I, I've grown up with the, you know, he sat in the desert and waited and that was his mission and what an honorable thing. And that's part of what Kenobi does. And I think some of that was there, but 
you know, he spent 10 years moping about, he's going through the motions, he's emotionally stuck. And so it wasn't as, uh, you know, grand as I think I had thought in the nineties, particularly. Hmm. Um, so that was both old and new, but just even just some of the details, uh, he never really, had, yeah, he hadn't met Luke in 10 years and met Luke just leaving toys, uh, which, which was aligned with some of the short stories we read, but to actually see that, to, to feel that and get that great hello there. Thought Anakin was dead. We'd always wondered. It was a fun question, but to carry it. So that was some new stuff. Um, but then just kind of this idea of where it all ends with the, the future being a little more open for him of what he's going to do with it. And as the, 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 the twins and especially Luke need to kind of grow into who they're going to be and, and how important that is and how he, it really, he gets that uh, and comes to that conclusion, especially with, I think of the own conversations at the front, which is just like, you, you don't, you just want to, tra- you just want to train them like it's your job. So now I think he actually connects and is going to connect and cares about Luke a little bit more, if that makes sense. I don't want to put too many words in Kenobi's mouth there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I think it's all just, yeah, it, it's about uh, choosing family. And I think that, yeah. you know, Obi-Wan meeting him is about choosing family. O- Obi-Wan gets more connection uh, with Luke and yeah. Vader's still sitting there alone with Palpatine. Yep. Uh, yep. Any, any other uh, thoughts on Vader, Ken, before we move on to, to Riva? No, 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 no. Go for it. Oh, excellent. Okay, so uh, want to be sure to talk about Riva as our time is uh, running out here. Uh, so Riva's story, obviously, very painful, very powerful, uh, terrifying, tragic villain, I think. But um, obviously, she chooses, uh, makes a better choice at the end. Uh, Jennifer, who do you think she'll be now that she broke the cycle of violence? How much of, of her personality that we saw in this is who she is and how much of it was her trapped in that rage cycle? Who do you mm. think she's going to be going forward? I think she's going to become a powerful leader in the path. And I think that what her past is going to give her is, is a sense of fearlessness. She is, she has gone up against, I mean, she's been hanging around with some tough, the tough crowd, right? So I think that she, (laughs) she now has a purpose and she's going to use her strength and fearlessness for good. Um, I also think it gives her a real understanding, uh, an advantage of knowing the empire strategy. So she could be a real Mm. asset as well. But yeah, I think, uh, a sense of, of, um, nothing to lose at this point. This is, this is her Mm. new mission and it's going to be something for good. Oh, I really like that. Uh, Nothing, nothing to lose. Ken, what are your uh, thoughts on, on who Reva is going forward? How much of what we saw is Reva and how much of it is being trapped in the violence? Yeah. I just hope she can focus all that pain on, on healing and gets involved in the path is something we we keep saying. I love that. And if she wants to, right. And if years, by the way, if years later, we run into her and she's like, I started a martial arts and yoga studio. I'd be like, nah, I understand. <laughs> you went through a lot. Like you went through a lot. Um, but yeah, I really love what this uh, character did. And I love what this character represented and, and and would love to see more going forward. But that's where I go. I just, I hope that uh, she can focus all that uh, pain on the uh, healing and helping others. Yeah. I, I think that uh, I, I really love her story and I love that, Moses Ingram was also like really focused on what what Reva's character traits were. And I think in interviews and I think some of that is obviously not wanting to, you know, uh, tip her hand at at what's going to happen in the show. But she kept talking a lot about how ambitious she is. Mm, Uh, And I really like that Reva is very ambitious and also very direct. Like, I feel like some of that is the anger and some of that is she probably would have grown up like that if she had a happy Jedi life. Like, (laughs) I love that moment uh, where she just runs out of patience for the Grand Inquisitor's monologuing and just throws the knife at the guy. Like, the the Jedi expose himself if I throw the knife, you know? Right. Uh, And that that was done in violence, but I I like imagining that's still a part of who she is. Very ambitious and very direct of like, come on, let's just do the thing. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Uh, But using all of that energy... Uh, 
to finding something productive. Like she's still going to be angry. She has a lot to be angry about, but I think that's always such a, a great question of anger is understandable, but can you direct it into something uh, productive? And I'd be very curious to see that part of her character. And also I think she's going to have a, a hard journey to letting people in, but that's what she's going to need to do to truly heal is to allow herself to be close to people again. since she's defined herself as alone for so long. Indeed. Mm. So I want to be sure to touch on uh, all of the other characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to break this up into basically legacy characters and some of the new characters. So many legacy characters, right? Owen and Brew, Luke Skywalker, Bale and Bray Organa, Palpatine, Qui-Gon, Grand Inquisitor, Fifth Brother, the corpse of Terra Sinube, mm-hmm. one shot of 3PO, a mention of Quinlan Voss, a corn horn from Legends, and his mom. Uh, Jennifer, were there any of these legacy characters that you were particularly impacted by? I definitely Bale and Brea. Like I said before, I mean, to me, that was what I I wanted to see. I wanted to see their relationship with young Leia and we got it. We got a lot of it because I was worried at first. I thought, oh, maybe they're only going to appear in in one episode. But no, their presence was definitely felt and seen throughout. Um, There were just so many nods to the other parts of the fandom, as you mentioned. You know, if you're a fan of the Clone Wars, you got these characters. If you're a fan of Rebels, you got these characters, (laughs) legends even. So I really felt like, oh, and even the video games, right? Like, (laughs) right. So I I think that they really were intentional with that. Like, hey, there's something for everyone here. Even if it's just a little nod, it actually, it means a lot, I think. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Filoni said a lot of times in various interviews at uh, Star Wars Celebration in particular, of like, it's a connected story. Mm-hmm. And, and I know sometimes fans get frustrated with, you know, the amount of characters who, who reappear. But I kind of think that's that's Star Wars storytelling uh, in a lot of in a lot of places, in a lot of ways. And this was definitely it. Um, for me, obviously, the Terrace Anube thing joke about it it was painful (laughs) but it is really cool to see this you know relatively obscure character who does have a lot of meaning in in such an impactful scene that was really great uh more physically seeing alderaan for sure Mm -hmm. and brea Mm -hmm. great but i think uh, perhaps what was most impactful for me was brew uh we talked a lot about it and i just i kind of love this picture of brew who is you know, not just a fighter, but a realist. And, and, and she was realistic about the threat to Luke in this episode. And in A New Hope, she's realistic that he can't stay on the farm. <laughs> I just kind of almost want counseling from Brew of like, Brew, what's the realistic thing that I just have to buck up and face right now? Yeah. <laughs> so Brew meant a lot to me. Ken, how about you? I'm right there. Uh, Owen and Brew. I'm, uh, the Brew crew has a member in me for sure. <laughs> yes. Absolutely does. Uh, Bale and Breha. Uh, Jimmy Smith, in a way, might have actually stolen the show for me, like in yeah. a weird way. Like his yeah. moments with Leia and Ben episode one and, and, and that moment at the end, which is just one of my favorite moments of we'll change things together. I think it's just downright important to the Star Wars story. And uh, Simone Castle was a delight as well. And uh, I, uh, I'm manifesting, please be an Andor. Please be an Andor. I really mm. would love to see more of her as uh, Rhea. Both are just fun to watch. And that, and that would be a great uh, way to continue the the story of the rebellion and, and mm-hmm. how the Organas are feeling like, about it. Obviously, we know from, from the book, Princess of Alderaan, but it'd be fun to see live action. Uh, also, uh, you know, a few new characters, uh, Tala Durith, uh, Colin Roken, Haja Estri, Freck, Fourth Sister, Ned B, Dinosaur Guy, Lola, Tika the Jawa, <laughs> Wade, Solly, the rest of the path, uh, Vect No Crew, a.k.a. Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Ken, I I can't believe this. This is so great. Uh, the person from the meat cutting station, uh, Tibetan station, I found the character's name. It is Groff Ditcher. <laughs> <laughs> My new Which favorite is a perfect name, <laughs> right? Yeah, Ken's been going on about, uh, I think, a perfect description of a uh, Coen Brothers villain from the 90s. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Groff Ditcher. Jennifer, which of these new characters or moments involving them, involving them spoke to you? 
I love them all. And the reason why I love them all is like what you just mentioned. We, you found the name of this minor character. I have such a distinct picture of who he is in my mind. And you can say that about all the characters that you mentioned. Each one brings something different, no matter if they're literally in the background. Uh, and they're, they're so specific. They evoke a specific emotion in us. And I feel like that is to- such a Star Wars tradition. And that's what makes this show so special that we can, uh, you know, f- I fall in love with dinosaur bounty hunter guy. Like, oh, I just... <laughs> His meal got interrupted. He had to go answer the call. <laughs> and I love your TikTok video that features a lot of the background aliens with a special love for Dinosaur Guy, which made yes. me love Dinosaur Guy even more. Uh, Ken, of the new characters, who spoke to you? I mean, it's all about Flea, right? Come on. Yeah, it's all about Flea. There's music fans here. Uh, no, this is a great list, Joseph. It's almost easy to overlook that this uh, is a long list with great additions. And I mean, Tika alone was plenty. Like, we could have stopped at Tika. Uh, quickly for me, Tyla, Tyla being part of something she thought represented her for a long portion of her life, but realizing that maybe it never really did and it definitely doesn't now, something that resonates a lot with me right now. And uh, then doing something about it, it just spoke, spoke to me. It might be kind of what I personally focus on during uh, subsequent rewatches of this series it was really great stuff and big fan of indira varma obviously but uh, i think she did great yeah no there there's so many characters that that i really loved uh hasha estri it was it provided a lot of comedy and such a great uh idea and perspective of of being a fake jedi and yet being a real jedi when obi-wan needed to see that i love that so much mm-hmm. but i also wanted to highlight freck um mm-hmm. I, I think he was one of the characters that you know was prominent so i had a new design but I, freck is one of those characters that i love to dislike him right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he brings that weird and odd energy of star wars that i think you need amidst like the deep stuff and the cool stuff you also need like the weird and almost silly and and, and freakish like i can't believe this guy's here too mm-hmm. um and uh, along with that then also uh, this great Star Wars perspective of the danger of someone who has bought the Imperial propaganda and has mm. this super casual attitude of, well, they're not hurting me, so I guess they don't hurt anyone. I guess they're not a problem because I'm not personally uh, affected. So everything from just being like, you're a weirdo to you have awful ideology makes me fascinated with Freck. Yes. All right. We are powering through. We would love uh, to talk about Kenobi all day, but we do have to wrap up. So any final thoughts? Uh, Ken, I'll start with you. Yeah, just um, in, the, in the time we have left here, I, I, this this show, um, I think it's it, it's uh, rewatches are going to be very rewarding. And even for those who might be like, oh, I don't know, it was good. I had it on the background. I, I think you'll find some stuff there, and especially if you're like me. And sometimes the you know the, the tech, I can't I can't separate my mind from the volume. I think once you watch that, this stuff starts to go away. And I'm excited to keep this. Uh, so glad this exists, and I'm excited to keep digging into it. Yeah, and for myself, I love this on multiple levels. As a big fan of uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and just seeing Ewan McGregor's just phenomenal performance, Little Leia, all the big themes that we talked about are all great to me. But I also just think for myself, it is a very valuable show uh, forever, but also right now because this is a show about choosing hope during a very dark time. It is a show that is reminding you that little victories matter. Because every victory is inherently valuable. And also sometimes little victories set the stage for greater victories. Yeah. Everything that, that Obi-Wan and Leia taught one another is going to go on to make a big difference. And the little victories do matter sometimes, even in very dark times. Mm-hmm. That was really powerful to me. Jennifer, what are your final thoughts about Kenobi? 
I think that that's exactly why the show has impacted not just the Star Wars fans, but I was around a group of non-Star Wars fans this weekend, and everyone had watched the show. And I was genuinely surprised, as normally it's just me, uh, and everyone had the similar sentiments and were really impacted by the show and were really invested. And I was like, well, wait, did you finish it? Oh, yeah, of course, I had to. That, to me, is a mark of a successful Star Wars show where it can play on those levels of us hardcore fans who are diving in. Who's in the Who's in the giant tomb to these people who are just like, I, I just like watching cool shows. I like watching good movies. And this was that. And that, to me, is makes this show really exceptional and very special. Uh, I love that, that it just truly resonated as a story uh, mm-hmm. uh, about trauma and hope. That's really wonderful. Uh, we're going to wrap up with a fun question. Uh, what do you think is the first topic of chat between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan as they wandered toward the future? Ken, what do you think is the first thing they chat about? Qui-Gon's got some beard thoughts. Oh, <laughs> I, I noticed you decided to grow a beard here. Uh, you know, It happens all the time. Someone hasn't seen me in a long time where you know I used to never have a beard. Now I do all the time. They have some thoughts. <laughs> uh, for me, I think they they walk together in peaceful silence for a moment, and then I think uh, Qui Gon uh, turns to Obi Wan and go, "So Maul and those robot legs, weird, huh?" <laughs> uh, Jennifer, final word to you: uh, What do you think is the first topic of chat between Qui Gon and Obi Wan? I'm realizing I don't think that this makes sense. He's like, "There's no Dexes, but I found a great spot to grab a bite." <laughs> I don't think Force Ghosts they don't eat, but I think they should just would be like, eh, "Let's just talk about something really yeah. silly and mundane." I really like the idea that Qui Gon's like, "I can't, I can't." Can you go to this diner and taste that for me because it looks really good? <laughs> it looks delicious. I also, I also think Obi Wan would ask, "Yo, did you?" Did you know Tika was stealing my parts? Did you just sit there and watch that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is trying to get your attention. I love that. Quite gonna be knocking things over in the cave. Like, yeah. get over, get over your stuff and see me. <laughs> See me, Kenobi. All right, let's uh, wrap up quickly where, with where people can find us. Uh, Ken, you are, have the great list memorized, so go for it. <laughs> yeah, we are at Force Center Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, and YouTube as well. Thank you to everyone who watched the live stream last Friday, uh, at least at the time of this recording. That's when it was. Facebook pages, Force Center Podcast. We're available, available in a lot of different spots, including Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. If you're on there and you can rate and review and want, want to do that, go ahead and do that. It helps out the show. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash four center you can get an audiobook on us by going to audibletrial.com slash four center and you can go to patreon.com slash four center to support us directly i'm at cat knapsack and my website's catnapsack.com from there you can get information and tickets on my san diego comic-con show my guest on mark ellison friends long-standing traditional comic-con show thursday july 21st jennifer yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Jennifer Landa and TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. I have more Obi-Wan Kenobi videos coming. Uh, just trying to process it all because it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally understandable. Uh, there is so much Kenobi to process. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshot, and you can check out all my other comedy adventures on my website, josephscrimshot.com. But for now, for myself, for Jennifer, for Kenobi, for Leia, for Hope, this has been the Kenobi Report. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.